Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Mayor Greg Fisher podcast. I am your mayor, Greg Fisher. In a recent episode, we spoke about the fantastic economic momentum that Louisville is seeing, and we're excited about the growth that the city is experiencing all over our county. However, our job at Louisville Metro Government is to make sure that that momentum reaches every neighborhood and every household, and we have had challenges with that historically, and we still do today. A barrier to this oftentimes is vacant and abandoned properties. They can create public safety hazards, they depress surrounding property values, and overall just can set a negative tone for a street or a neighborhood. They affect the first impression that visitors have when they come into a neighborhood, and then also it causes neighbors to ask if anybody cares about their neighborhood. In 2012, we really wanted to get deep on this. That was the second year of my administration. So we commissioned a report to get the basic data for us that we just did not have. We wanted to know how large the problem was. And the report found that we had some 6,000 plus vacant and abandoned properties throughout our city, many of them in our historically disinvested area of the west end of Louisville. With that report in hand, we've made investments, we've worked with community partners, we've successfully lobbied for multiple state law changes to help us tack tackle this issue and return the vacant property to productive use. But there still is a lot more to do. So we're going to talk about that today. With us are Laura Grabowski, our Director for the Office of Housing and Community Development, and Kevin Dunlap, Executive Director of Rebound, a community-based nonprofit focused on community development and creating access to home ownership for low-income residents. They both have worked for years, I think fair to say decades, uh, on this challenge to reduce the number of vacant and abandoned properties and build home ownership in our city, while also using vacant and abandoned properties as an opportunity to prevent the displacement within our West Louisville community by putting productive use around these properties. So we are seeing historic levels of investment today in the West End of Louisville. That's been a long goal of ours, about a billion and a half dollars all told. So housing obviously is a big part of that strategy in reducing vacant and abandoned properties. So let's jump into it. Welcome, Laura and Kevin. Thank you. Thank you. So, Laura, uh, returning a vacant and abandoned property, we'll call them VAPs, VAPs, to productive use is a complex issue. So first, why is it so complicated? And then walk us some of the ways that, through some of the ways that Louisville Metro is currently doing that. Sure, vacant and abandoned properties, definitely a complex issue. There's a different story for about every house that you see. I think a lot of people will drive through the neighborhoods and see boarded up houses and uh, we will hear, you know, they are all owned by out-of-town investors or they're all owned by uh, people who have passed away. And, and that's just not the case. There are as many stories as, uh, as there are houses. Uh, but we can put them in a few different buckets and that's helpful in order to determine what our strategies are for working with them. So if a property is, uh, is vacant but not yet abandoned, meaning that there is an owner, maybe the owner doesn't have the means or the willingness or the capacity to, uh, to handle and maintain the property the way that they should, uh, that there, we have a set of strategies for that. We have uh, a pretty active property donation program. Um, we can sometimes help the, the landlord, help the owner with some resources, um, but in the situation where the properties are truly abandoned, meaning the person has passed away, there's no will or the corporation had purchased the property and they're dissolved now. Um, Kentucky, like a lot of other 
States has some pretty strong property rights. Um, and so the only real tool that we have is to file a foreclosure, just like, you know, just like a bank would. The city has an interest in that property as well. Um, and so we have a really active foreclosure program. We file about 200 of those a year. And what that does is it cleans that title so that it can, it, it has the chance of getting back into productive use. Um, productive use to us is the property is occupied, it's well-maintained, and it's serving some sort of community purpose, whether that purpose is um, affordable housing or housing for a family, uh, or whether it's a community amenity, um, that's our definition of productive use. Well, let's talk a little bit about the state law issues here, Kevin and Laura, that when we say Kentucky is a strong property rights owner protection state, what does that mean and what's the contrast to that? So, Kevin, you want to jump into that? Well, I mean, I will. Uh, I think a lot of what we would like to do or what we would like to see from the land bank is, is really prohibited uh, by law. And it's primarily state law that uh, uh, kind of gets in, 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 in the way of the land bank being able to, to actually acquire more properties. Is the reason for that, I mean, it's just because people, by state laws, like if you own that property, we're going to make it really difficult for that property to be taken away from that because you own it. That is correct. And that it, is it, correct. It's really complicated when we lose track of the owner. Or... That's where it becomes a problem. Uh, I think, it, I mean, the biggest problem is, you know, absentee owners is trying to find that owner. So if you can't find that owner and work out something to get that property, then you have to go through this arduous process that is prohibitive to move quicker because of state law. And arduous by state laws. So yep. We do our best, but it just takes time. Now, we've lobbied to get multiple state laws changed over this past decade or so and have had some good results. Laura, you want to mention those? Sure, absolutely. Uh, about 10 years ago, the biggest change that we were able to make was to the foreclosure statute. So um, it is now an option to use code enforcement liens to foreclose on properties where prior it was we had to use taxes um, and it's it, it gets complicated but essentially that allowed metro to start a foreclosure program on our vacant properties and we've foreclosed on over a thousand properties since then um, prior to that we we just didn't really feel like other than demolition we had a lot of tools um, and so we used that as kind of a jumping off place and we've made multiple other changes. We've had um, the spot condemnation uh, law changed and con we've created conservatorship. Those are two other tools that we can use for vacant properties uh, that are similar to foreclosure but not exactly the same. Um, we have uh, one other one is we have lobbied to have the right of redemption uh, lessened. So it used to be 12 months. Now it's six months. Most of the protections that exist for property owners exist because property owners don't want the government to take property away from them. And of course, none of us do. Um, no, nobody in a reasonable nature is thinking, you know, I have a financial investment and I would like to lose that. Right. Um, but like Kevin said, the gray area comes when I've walked away, I've passed away, you know, my corporation isn't working anymore. And, um, and those rights for the owners still exist. So that right. and, and obviously there's visible evidence. I mean, this is why we had 6,000 vacant abandoned properties and to do nothing the situation would just get worse, not just for those properties, but for the neighborhoods that they're in and 
all the other negative aspects that come from that. And that's why we've been working on this hard now for over a decade. Uh, we're making quite a bit of progress. That We've gone from the 2012 report that identified 6,000 vacant abandoned properties in our city, and then we recently completed a new property assessment. So when you look at the report, the property assessment, what are the top couple of takeaways from that new report? I think the main takeaway is that the, the property condition survey, essentially what it did was uh, it gave us a property condition on about a quarter of the properties in town. So somebody looked at the property and said, you know, it's severely deteriorated or it's beginning to be deteriorated. We didn't have that data before. And so when we overlay that data with the other data that we have, is the water shut off? Has code enforcement been there? Um, you know, the postal service, what do they say? Uh, we really can tell the difference between a vacant property that the owner is around, but maybe not as, in, as involved as they should be and a truly abandoned property. Um, and so what we found is that through the work that that we've been doing, we've we have some sort of active case on about one out of every five of those truly boarded up, scary looking structures. So we're doing a fairly decent job of getting the worst of the worst. That's the first takeaway, the what I would call the good. The where I think we need improvement is we also received information about properties that were not terrible, not, you know, fire burned out, boarded up, but um, but they were in some sort of deterioration and a decent amount of them were occupied um, when we looked at the data. So I think that that tells us that we need to increase our VAP prevention measures, which also requires help for tenants and homeowners that may not have the means or the capacity to to fix those houses up because essentially of course we want to help the people living there but we also want to prevent those houses from becoming vacant and abandoned properties how about a plug for our repair program so people understand that's out there absolutely home repair uh, is a program that is funded every year um, it is it wildly popular and um, extremely uh, it's extremely needed. So we, we help provide grants to homeowners. Um, a lot of them are elderly or disabled um, to deal with deferred maintenance issues on their homes. So roof, you know, gutters, um, siding, electrical issues, plumbing. Um, and we, this fiscal year, we have more funding than ever. Um, we have funding for about 350 households but just to talk a little bit to the need, when we opened up the program within seven hours, we had a thousand applications. Yeah, and we significantly increased the budget for this. And yes. this program's a game changer, like our down payment homeowner assistance grants as well, where for the repairs, people can maintain ownership of their property, which is so important, so they can hand it down through generational wealth, which is really oftentimes what our goal is with our whole housing program is people that historically have not been able to buy homes, it's particularly affected low-income and black communities, turn that around so they can create wealth and pass it on down. And so Kevin Rebound comes into play a lot in this area. He's been a force for good in our community for quite some time. Regular purchases for the Land Bank Authority for development and sometimes redevelopment. And in fact, in the Path Forward document, we were talking about that before the show, the land authority, land bank authority, may rebound a preferred developer uh, to make sure that these properties are going to black homeowners and black business owners as well. 
So can you tell us more about Rebound and also tell us what a land bank authority does and then how everything is working right now? So um, Rebound is an acronym. It actually stands for Rebuilding Our Urban Neighborhood Dwellings. We are a nonprofit housing development corporation and we're actually the only African-American led a nonprofit housing development corporation in the city. Uh, we were created by the Urban League actually back in 1993. Uh, but we are a totally separate organization, governed by a separate board. And our focus is, has always been on creating home ownership opportunities for African Americans. And we have focused primarily in West Louisville, although we have the ability to uh, do the work that we do uh, all across the city. Uh, uh, I've had a long engagement uh, with the Land Bank Authority, not only the Land Bank Authority, but Urban Renewal uh, uh, in terms of of, of working to acquire properties uh, for the purposes of redevelopment, uh, uh, but also acquiring vacant lots for new construction of, of, of single family houses. I can say that at this point, uh, Rebound has created either through uh, acquisition and rehab or new construction, uh, close to 250 uh, homes uh, and that are on occupied in West Louisville. And what does that do? Uh, I tell everybody that, first of all, it begins to create generational wealth because all of these homes have went to first-time home buyers. Uh, second thing that it does is it, it brings property, put properties back on the tax roll. Uh, these are properties that have, were either vacant and or abandoned uh, that we were able to acquire to, uh, to, uh, to, to, you know, to get back into use. Uh, but talking a little bit more about the preferred developer status. I think that Rebound was probably the first organization who even asked for a preferred developer status and were awarded preferred developer status. Uh, I will say that uh, uh, I was elated. Uh, Rebound and our board was elated uh, to, uh, for that to take place. Uh, but there's wrinkles to work out. Uh, you know, one of the things that, uh, and, and and all of us are aware of it, you know, the need for affordable housing in this city is great. Uh, and, you know, and that's just based upon the report that both the city and the Affordable Housing Trust Fund did. The number of units needed is, I mean, is astronomical, you know, 30 some odd thousand units uh, that are needed. Just 30% uh, of just, just for that amount. Uh, so when we, uh, you know, got the preferred developer status, I'm thinking, Oh, we can we can you know move quickly, do some great things. <clears throat> Excuse me, but unfortunately, uh, you know that preferred developer status is is limited. So we can only access four uh, vacant properties at a time, yeah. uh, and before we can get any more, we have to get construction started and get those moving first uh, uh, in order to get come back to get any more. Uh, that is for a developer, a nonprofit housing developer, or any developer. Uh, that's a uh, that's a huge problem. I mean, we're looking at a project right now where we're trying to do 75 units of new home ownership. Uh, but if the preferred developer status gave me the opportunity to get more uh, 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 lots on the front end, uh, that project can move a whole lot faster. Uh, so you know, we would never be able to. I can't fully utilize the two in the way that I would like to in order to, uh, to um, move forward in creating affordable housing units at a much faster pace. And what's the constraint? Is so the constraints is, first of all, only four units at a time, 
And the second constraint is that you have to have those under construction. So I'll give you a for instance, we're looking at a new market tax credit deal, uh, but you have to have site control over the land on the front end. So if you can only get four at a time and get those under construction, that does you absolutely no good because the ones you got under construction, you can't really count uh, necessarily towards your count. So you have to have the ability to have site control over the land in advance uh, before you can uh, move forward on projects like that. So for rebound then, I mean, if there were other capital sources that came to work with you, would that help broaden your opportunity? So, I mean, there are other capital sources, and, and, particularly, and, and just specifically going back to this, land is, is the major problem in moving forward with this. And there is other capital sources that are in play that will allow us to do this. Even utilizing some of the existing uh, tools, uh, 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 funding tools that Metro has, such as the home funds, or such as the Little Affordable Housing Trust Fund, uh, they do not allow you to begin construction unless you have a plan in place in order to do this. So in order to have a plan, you've got to have the land. I think it's, I think it's important to note that the land bank, there's a big myth out there that everyone thinks that there's a myth that people think that the land bank is the city. But to Kevin's point, the land bank is not the city. The land bank is a partnership between the city, the Commonwealth of Kentucky, and the Jefferson <laughs> County Public School Board. In the late 80s, those main taxing entities got together and they said, we have too many vacant properties and they saw this opportunity to get more tax revenue. So they banded together, created this uh, land bank. Uh, it has some powers that can uh, cleanse titles. Um, but to Kevin's point, the land bank is, is a board and uh, it has three members, one member from each of the partners. And so in order to have anything approved, it all has to go through the land bank board. So uh, when Rebound came to talk about preferred developer status, the land bank board uh, did something that they had not done before, which was to create the preferred developer status. But uh, change, I think, at the land bank sometimes is incremental rather than a big step. So they wanted to take a small step forward um, and create a pilot program. Uh, they, at the time, were not willing to say, you know, we're going to give away, you know, 100 lots. So there is definitely, I think, some room to, uh, to improve and to you know, figure out some of those kinks, but that, I think, speaks to where the, uh, some of the hesitancy comes from. Well, and if you're a casual listener listening to our podcast here and you're hearing all these acronyms and all these <laughs> organizations and say, wow, this is confusing, it is confusing. You know, now, if, when you're in the business and you figure it out how long how to do this development, tax credits, this, that, and everything. The result is wonderful, but the market forces don't provide the economics to make these projects happen by themselves. And that's why there's all of these underlying uh, policies, credits, organizations that are there to put all these pieces together to make economic sense once these projects come to life. So I really salute you all for having the dedication to this over the efforts and the innovation that we're seeing as well. <laughs> now, Kevin, the Land Bank Authority recently undertook a racial equity review of its processes. So tell us a little more about the recommendations and your key learnings out of that. Well, I mean, I, I did look at some of the recommendations. I think the uh, uh, it's a good start. I'll, I'll just say that. I think that there's a lot of improvement that can be made. So as I read through some of the recommendations, it's geared a lot towards uh, people in the neighborhoods, owners and stuff, uh, 
uh, having greater weight uh, 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 in that. Uh, and I think that, that, that's, that's a great start. I think that is a, a really good start. It's something that I've not seen uh, uh, before. Uh, the, 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 you know, I think what's more important is, you know, what are gonna be those tools to assist those individual people from the neighborhood to move forward on the Guarna property. Uh, I think uh, 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 Laura alluded, you know, to, to you know help that that would be available for. But your average everyday individual uh, don't even know the process of of you know how do I acquire the property? How do I know who owns the property? How do I get the property? Then once I get it, is there help for me to help me transition that property? Uh, uh, into a greater use. But even outside of that, you know, I think of organizations such as Rebound, who has historically worked in uh, in West Louisville and the African-American neighborhoods in some of these neighborhoods that we are, are, are hearing from the people that they want more investment and they want uh, strategies for anti-gentrification. Uh, so organizations like me, I don't see a lot of avenues uh, for an organization like me to help. In, 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 in what I'm seeing already. Uh, I would think that the preferred developer status would have been a way for us to help uh, 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 in these particular neighborhoods much quicker, but just in terms of what, uh, uh, you know, what I've seen some of the recommendations come out, I think it's, it, I mean, it's very strong on individuals and, 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 and people that live in the neighborhood, and I think that they should be first and foremost, but outside, outside of that, uh, uh, you know, they're like, again, for organizations, you know, like a rebound who has, you know, who has been there uh, working in these neighborhoods, there's, you know, not, not a lot of opportunity. So it's up to your board to liberate some of those opportunities? Or? Well, it's, it's, it's not so much as an opportunity for rebound in order to do the work. I think that the, uh, you know, just based, based on some of the language that I've seen in some of the things, does it, it's not geared towards a rebound having preference on getting some of these uh, uh, properties uh, uh, first. Now, I can say that, uh, you know, we have been very successful in kind of getting some properties from the land bank and then, you know, personally going and trying to uh, acquire other properties that the land bank does not have control over uh, in order to make an impact. And, uh, you know, uh, an instance of that is we're right now working on a corridor in the Russell neighborhood. Uh, Dr. W.J. Hodge from Muhammad Ali all the way to Market Street, basically two blocks that we call adopter block. So we were able to acquire some properties from the land bank, acquire some properties on our own uh, in order to make that happen. Uh, and, uh, but uh, it, it has taken, I mean, it has taken, you know, uh, uh, some time. Um, the, you know, the other thing I wanna give the land bank credit for is that, you know, there has been times that we have actually identified properties and we've taken it to them and, 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 and only for those properties that met the qualifications to move forward on foreclosures, where they have moved forward quicker in order for us to be able to get that. Uh, but you know, again, I think that the you know the recommendations that I have seen for the changes are, are very good, uh, and I think that they uh, are, are are going to do a long way. But there's got to be an education campaign uh, for the community so that they can understand, 
you know, that they have the ability and the power to not only uh, access and get the properties, but also that there has to be something on the back end to hand, hand walk them through the process of how to get it done. And therein it really lies the problem. Uh, even though we are a nonprofit organization, we are actually, <laughs> my staff is kind of stretched because we are actually working one-on-one -on -one with individuals from the community who have acquired a property, but they don't know where to begin. And that's my experience here now, 11 years of being mayor, how just intense each one of these projects are. I mean, it's hand-to-hand -hand combat just to identify the property, maybe secure the property. Then it's like, what do I do now? Right. And so this just requires lots of hand-holding. But the, I mean, the reason why we're doing this, obviously, is to bring back wealth to communities that historically were marginalized for homeownership, <laughs> either through redlining, the inability to get a mortgage, where the mortgage companies would literally draw red lines around neighborhoods and say, this is too risky for mortgage areas. Low-income black neighborhoods, so black families can't build wealth. Urban renewal. They came through much of our downtowns, our black communities, and wiped them out mm -hmm. back in the 50s and 60s. So these were institutional injustices that we're just trying to unwind. But we've got to demystify the process. And we know a lot of uh, developers, if you will, don't even go into this area because it's so complicated. And then that's where we've got to step in as nonprofits and governments to say, okay, yeah, it is a mess. And so now we're trying to make it unmessier so that people can regain home ownership. And that's a beautiful day. We have all been together right. where we see after all of this, that homeowner get their keys and celebrate go. the teamwork there in its transformation. And it is transformational. Uh, and, and, and even outside of that, one of the things that my board looked at several years ago, and I, I you know, how do, how do we stop the cycle? You know, how do, we began to help African-American families create wealth through home ownership. But also, uh, you know, how, how do we stop these, you know, these, these homes from ending up in the same spot that they began, in, you know, started to begin with? Uh, you know, one of the things we talked about that was come up was just the whole economics and the, uh, the huge margin of, 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 of wealth just from income, uh, the gap. Uh, there. So one of the things that Rebound instituted uh, is that for every homeowner, everyone who purchases a Rebound home, at the closing table before they leave, they actually create a will. Uh, because one of the things that we are finding is that some of these properties that we're going out is tied up in title. We don't know who owns them, who has the responsibility of them. So every uh, home buyer that buys a Rebound home gets a free will done at the conclusion uh, of that. Uh, in addition, for some properties, we are also uh, putting a deed restriction on the properties. And it's not a deed restriction to take the house, but it gives us first right to purchase the home if you choose to, uh, to sell the home. Uh, and, and why do we do, why are we doing that? Well, one of the things that we talk about in terms of wealth building and continue to create wealth uh, in some of these neighborhoods is prevent a home from being sold later on to an investor. So that's why one of the reasons why Rebound has wants to be uh, have the first right of rescission in order to buy the property, uh, in order to maintain uh, you know that home ownership and investment uh, into these neighborhoods. And we appreciate that because the goal we all share is to regenerate these neighborhoods without displacing the people that have created the soul of the neighborhood. 
and we've seen this happen around the country, and we're determined that's not going to happen here. So, and I've got other developers now starting to do the same thing. So that's a good thing. Great. Great. We started it with our down payment assistance program as well. Yeah, that's, I just wanted to finish up on that. Yeah. So this is an incredibly popular program that we have. That's life changing down payment homeowner assistance grant. So you want to explain to our audience what that is? Absolutely. So you know, you're looking for a house and maybe the house that you would like is a little bit out of your uh, comfort zone for to be affordable. A lot of people can't quite uh, afford the monthly payment on, on these mortgages, especially with the house prices the way that they are now. Um, so our program provides a certain percentage of down payment, closing costs. A lot of people don't don't have that. They're not you know walking around with um, 20% to put down on a house in order to get the best mortgage rates, um, the best terms. So our, uh, our program steps in and does that for people who meet certain income eligibility. It's, again, it's a very popular program. Um, we have, uh, I think we have about $4 million this year um, to, to spend. The doors opened in mid-July. We've had a steady stream of applications, but people can you know, continue to apply. Um, and then it, it's really, it is really made homeownership a reality for a lot of families that it would not be a reality for. Um, this year, we also have a certain amount of money set aside for buyers of land bank properties. So we really are trying to um, provide some capital to people who are either end users, meaning that maybe a rebound of purchases from the land bank rebound and rebounds rehabs and then sells to someone that person could access some down payment assistance as well. So we would like to be able to support affordable homeownership wherever we can. So down payment assistance, and it's very popular. Yeah, so a lot of thoughts been going in putting all this together, and I just love the program, or to hear from the people that have gotten the grants. And oftentimes, when I see these are folks that have got good credit, they've been paying the rent for 20 years, but they have not been able to accumulate that 25 or $35,000 for whatever reason. And listener might be saying, well, I have, why, why can't they? Well, it's because oftentimes other folks have gotten homes passed down right. generationally, or, giving them that type of equity. Or it could go to their families to yeah. get that, to, to, you know, to get that down payment assistance. And I think, you know, I think an important piece there were, there, that, that we're also missing about the down payment assistance program is that particularly in neighborhoods where the property values are appreciating, uh, at some point, that DPA that you get becomes equity. That becomes part of your wealth, uh, which is why I think it is a a a a, a great uh, program. And we're starting to see West Louisville uh, properties uh, uh, begin to appreciate. Yeah, no, that's good news. That man, what comes with appreciation of property also comes the need for more down payment assistance. Uh, you know, because, you know, the housing prices are going up, there is a, a you know, a, a need for more DPA. So, uh, you know, I'm hoping, the, down you know, payment down payment assistance, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I'm hoping going forward that that's something that will be looked at, uh, you know, on an annual basis or, you know, semi-annually, you know, because, you know, those percentages will have to, you know, to move up in order to... Uh, uh, continue to meet the needs. Yeah, and I'm happy to report, you know, this year we were able to triple the amount of money that went into the program. It's been a personal favorite of mine, frankly, and we had money through the American Rescue Plan, so we're really scaling it up. It's such a wonderful 
program. And when you put it together with the other kind of social support programs we've had, you can now in the city, you know, if you're saying, I'm working two jobs where I'm not making ends meet, you can say, but I see that workforce development program over there at Coldwell <clears> or <throat> some other place. I can get trained up and have a family supporting career wage. I can get a down payment homeowner assistant grant so I can become a homeowner. And my kids can go to college for free with the Evolve 502 <laughs> scholarship program. So your life trajectory can radically change now in five to 10 years because we know the number one disruptor of poverty is a post-secondary credential or a degree, build wealth through the mm -hmm. home, have career skills. So put all this together is really one of the great and satisfactory things of being involved like with public service. <laughs> So I want to thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Laura, for being such an integral part of making people's dreams come true through homeownership here in our city. Thank you, Mayor. Thanks for having us. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, this is the Mayor Greg Fisher Podcast. We'll see you next time.